It's a sensitive, delicate deal, dragging brand new songs out of the sky. Trading ideas, accepting some, storing others in the maybe later bag, moving on and along with hardly a plan. During the Zep years, I never imagined a full-scale album project without the other guys, and even less the idea of new writing partners. But then, since 1981, I've enjoyed many amazing, exciting musicians in the sharing, in the writing, in production and engineering. Men and women who encouraged and enlightened, introducing me to crazy curves I could never have imagined. For this podcast, I'm going to be picking out some songs from here and there along the way, mixing constant shifts in sound and intention from across this long, old time. There's a story in all of them. I'm Robert Plant, and this is Digging Deep. Welcome to episode four of season four of Digging Deep with Robert Plant. Once again, we're here to talk about a song from Robert's back catalogue and find out more about its creation and inspiration. Now, we've covered a fair few collaborations over the episode so far. It's fair to say, despite his image as someone who performs, to use one of his own phrases, at the sharp end of a band, front and centre, collaboration has always been key to Robert's work. This episode is about a beautiful song by Scott Matthews called Twelve Harps. And Robert's role here is very much about vocally complimenting Scott. It's about restraint, harmony, counterpoint and sound. Which led us on to a conversation about how two voices can blend, about guys doing duets, about football and about friendship. This week it's Twelve Harps by Scott Matthews, who like a lot of people I heard about through Elusive, which is a beautiful song, Mm. Wolverhampton. Lad. Yeah. Yeah. How can that be? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to ask about your geographical similarities. Is the the Midlands temperament particularly suited to a certain kind of musician? People are the product of where they come from, Mm. you know? If you were if you were born in Manhattan, then you are gonna play music and approach music differently than you would if you were born in Nashville or Coventry or Yeah, well I think eras have got a lot to do with it periods of time Mm. maybe in a way the late mid to late 60s and early 70s were all about bluster and flurry from the baby boomers but then round the corner comes nick drake yeah you know who with muff windwood string parts and stuff like that ends up being you know coming from the same place altogether and then 30 years further on comes scott from the same place as Noddy Holder, because we're all influenced. We have time to gather influences. And when we were young, when I was 17, I cut my first record, um, came down to London and quaked when I walked into the recording studio because I was just playing, singing as a 17-year-old who'd listened to what I'd listened to. So that became the blueprint of the way that I could actually make my way through the early parts of my singing. And as the influences grow, you change. So later on, 20, 30, 40 years later, the the contemporary singers of the time can have a huge study because the availability yeah. later on of all these angles of beautiful music, which were kind of there in the 70s, but they were underground. And the facility 
wasn't quite the same. There wasn't that much access to all these other sources of inspiration, I don't think. Yeah. But, you know, Bert Jansch was recording in 1966, 64. You know, Davy Graham, all those people. Why didn't I gravitate towards them, I wonder? I did. I loved what they did. And Duffy Power came out of that school from Billy Fury and Vince Eager and all that. Duffy Power was the guy that became the blues singer. He jumped off the rock thing. And uh, so people were m making decisions along the way. They were, I suppose, smashing the atom and going out of the rock world into other things as they went along. But the, the fine art of actually of subtlety and beauty wasn't quite as easily recognizable when you were 17 yeah. sleeping in the back of a van this um, is it i i think the 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 personality of those in the midlands as a midlander myself <clears throat> is it's different yeah in musicians you meet musicians from the midlands and there's even to this day there's a a self-deprecation there's a quieter pride than you get from maybe places upper north Mm. And there's, uh, I don't know, it, it's, I find to this day, it's bizarre, as you say, because all the information's out there now, it's all there, you can, mm. you can draw in from anything you want, but still there are, and I'm generalising, there are parts of the UK where, you know. It never got there, <laughs> either, uh, you know, um, I don't know. And, and it, how wonderful that in the late 60s, there were these compilation records where Columbia, CBS would put out a compilation album to give you an idea of what you might get. So there's 12 tracks by 12 different artists. The United States of America, Leonard Cohen, you know, Skip Bifferty, whatever it would be. And you go, wow, wow, wow. Which you would not get without John Peel. Yeah. You know, or Mike Raven, who was from, he was another Shropshire guy. His clothes hang tight on his lonely old Protect his bones like the folds of a bad swing cape. He talks to the wind, his breath spelling something she draws near. But the words hit the floor and the one he adored never hears. It's a, it's a two male voice duet, mm. which the more I was thinking about it, it's like, you don't, that's not a common thing no. for you. And then I was thought, well, actually, that's not a common thing oft, no. you know, because I think, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not sure whether there's inherent sort of, I don't know, dick waving in, in, in men when they sing that means it's, it's harder to navigate two male voices, but it's not that common, is it? Well, duets with two dudes. Do, yes, it's no. Dudettes. I think it's yeah. Do that. I think it's because if a singer's already got a personality, you know, say Van Morrison, Tom Jones, Rod Stewart, everybody sings like they sing. Yeah, there you go. This so is it. who who's going to come along and join them and be themselves as well? Yeah, you know, um, and it does happen. 
uh, I think Van Morrison did a duets album a couple of albums back. Um, yeah, but, but it's, it's a challenge. It, it is. Um, but, and, and also you've got to take your role as to, <clears throat> I've learned this from my adventures in America, is that a duet is emphatically two voices side by side. Exactly. But if you're singing on somebody else's track, you're backing them up. So songs more recently sung with a woman where I'm actually singing on her song. So I'm saying, well, I need the third line of that verse. You can't get the diction. No, no, that's okay because you get the inference and you get the harmonic interval. So it doesn't really matter that much because you're not singing the lead. <laughs> so it's Someone crazy. Else is doing the heavy and lifting. I, and I went, wait a minute, this is not how it should be. You should be able to. So it's how you go about where you sit in the mix of the song. Yeah. So it could be a bit too wordy or a bit too you've got to get everything absolutely precise every lift of the vo of the lyric and every drop and disappearing and um so it was a miracle because scott's a very fine singer yeah he's a you know he's a different kind of singer than i am by far but yeah it's, it's like and also he plays so he's chord progressions he takes his voice somewhere because he's He's got a head full of chords that I don't even imagine, you know, because it's what he does. Yeah, but it's like that, yeah, the, the best musician to have in a band isn't necessarily the one that makes their presence known. Sometimes it's mm. the one that finds that space, finds that complementary stuff, and it's the same with the voice if the duet is being approached yeah, properly. it's true. Yeah. I've listened, are you talking about what you listen to in lockdown? I've listened to the Louvin brothers a lot, who were the kind of, if you like, the prototype on the bench Everly Brothers from the 50s and they and listening to singing two brothers like Don and Phil Everly that yeah. sort of thing and listening to yeah those country singers knowing full well they were going to kick ass afterwards and do some <laughs> terrible damage which makes sort of Lemmy and Motorhead seem like sort of Peter Pan and Wendy compared <laughs> to what those guys got up to but they sing these sweet things and they have got all this restraint mic technique backing off the whole deal, knowing when to do that, um, knowing how to allow the other voice in a particular range to come through yeah. and to have something that glistens. It's great. Yeah. So Scott, yeah, amazing. And then after that, he, he came on the road and opened for uh, Alison Krauss and me with a, a guy playing djembe and a cellist and it was perfect he every night he was quietly spectacular
he's just such a, an enigmatic character. He's a friend, and he, he became a friend through music rather than just... Then I found out that he quite often sat just about 12 rows from me on a Saturday afternoon, staring at the green swarth, <laughs> watching Portuguese guys running about. <laughs> and uh, so... On a sort of, on one level, we could communicate on the, you know, the frustrations and the joys of, of our team, but then going to see him play was a, just such a, an experience, uh, and his songs, and his whole vision of how he would see, what he's doing and what it's for, for him, is remarkable. He's a unique guy, yeah. so. I saw him, he came to me one day, and it's quite, I didn't expect anything, but he said, would you come and sing this song with me? And I thought, wow, I listened to it, it's such a pretty song, and it has these key changes at the end, which is so classy, I don't think, I, would, I don't know how I found my way around it. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes when things get really classy, or even slightly out of my wheelhouse, People have to sing the parts to me, and I learn them because mm. because they go somewhere I didn't expect, and that's what happened with Twelve Harps. It was the harmonies are inter interlaced. It's a bit like singing with Alison Krauss when she says, "But if you sing everything like that, Robert, everything's going to sound like that. It's always going to sound like English people singing together." <laughs> uh, and so, so I say, "Well, what shall I do?" And she sends me a tape showing me the parts I should sing. Mm. Because she said, it's about your voice and your personality. It, you're, you're never going to hear these harmonic intervals coming from my history as a singer. You know, I can sing a Robert Johnson song, you know, or Howlin' Wolf, or I can try and go into Arthur Lee's personality as a singer, or something like that. But I can't do those twists and turns naturally. There can be accidents, which are great, mm. but... So yeah, it was a it was quite an experience just to go to Gavin's studio there in Wolverhampton and um, and to spend the best part of an hour and a half talking about Wolverhampton Wanderers, <laughs> and then five minutes and then a the little end. bit of singing and then get in the car and go home. Um, but the the end result is a beautiful uh, duo. <laughs> That was 12 Harps by Scott Matthews and Robert Plant, taken from Scott's 2009 album Elsewhere, which if you haven't heard, I suggest you do. Thank you so much for listening. 
This season feels different, I think, to previous ones, in part down to the fact that we just emerged from lockdown when Robert and I spoke. But I think it's all the more interesting because of that. In fact, I think all the podcast seasons have been totally different. So, well, I think that's, I guess, the whole point. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so you won't miss the next episode. And there's a whole world of music and stories from previous episodes to listen to as well. We'll be back next time when we're going to fire up the Afro-Celt sound system. Until then, I've been Matt Everett. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a Cup and Nuzzle production. Music.